Welcome back to the Becoming CEO podcast, where we decide every single day to become the CEO we were created to be. Over here, we're low-key ratchet and high-key saved, okay? Listen, I know what it feels like to have the hugest to-do list, feel super unclear on what to do next in your business, download all the freebies, and still be stuck at square one. And darling, that's over for you today. Hey boo, I'm Kay Hillman. I'm a scientist turned five-figure photographer turned marketing and business strategist for female service providers building profitable businesses. I'm the coach for confused peeps. Boo thang, it's time to ditch the hustle. Listen close, darling, as I snatch your mindset, clarify your messaging, and drop marketing gems. When you roll with me, you'll gain confidence, clarity, and sales as you become the highest version of yourself. Let's get this money. Hey boo, hey, happy Tuesday or whatever day you're listening to this on. So today we are going to talk about closing deals, right? Signing clients and overcoming objections as a coach and a service provider. So as a coach and service provider, it is crucial that you know how to handle a sales call or handle a sales conversation, how to effectively close the deal, right? To sign the client. Um, Because the truth of the matter is, is that if we're not signing clients, what are we doing, right? (laughs) What are we actually doing here? So what closing the deal looks like is basically your job is to have a conversation Give the person that you're speaking to all the information they need to make an informed decision. And obviously, the informed decision that we want them to make is a positive decision to purchase our offer. So what this is going to require on the back end is that you are able to handle their objections with confidence. And, you know, the way you do that is by improving your sales skills and your strategy so that you can convert these leads into sales. Okay, so before i dive into because i know this episode you know the topic is closing the deal and overcoming or like you know navigating these objections before we dive into that i want to first talk about pre-qualifying so a lot of times you know people are like oh i need more leads or you know people aren't uh, you know asking about my offer or people aren't signing people aren't joining um and there are a couple of things that could be happening right thing number one is you know, maybe you're not marketing enough, right? Maybe you're not marketing enough. Maybe you're not selling enough. So people don't know that you have something to offer or you're not doing, or let's say you're getting people onto a call, right? You get someone on a call, but they don't buy. A lot of times this happens because you have not actually pre-qualified the person for the call. So I see a lot of people who try to jump on sales calls with people without having them answer any questions, right? Or you volunteer for them to hop on a call with you. So you're, maybe you're talking to somebody in the DM and you're like, hey, you know, I would love to have a chat with you, blah, blah, right? But you're doing that only because they asked about your offer, not because they're actually a good fit for your offer. So before we even get to the point of you know, dealing with any objections or closing the deal, we need to make sure that the person we're speaking to is actually qualified for our offer. So like I said, so often I find that coaches and service providers are spending a ton of time, actually too much time, catering to and trying to convert people that are not even ready or interested in buying. And here's the thing, there's going to be a lot of people that say like, oh, you know, this sounds amazing. This offer is great, blah, blah. But that does not mean that they are actually ready and willing or qualified to buy. And so it's important that we make sure that the people that we're talking to are actually a good fit for our offer. And here's the truth. 
everybody like in your content in your dms you do not need to be talking to everybody right if you want to talk to people like that's fine reply to your comments right that think that's where you can have conversations you can have conversations in your comments but hopping on all these coffee chats i see people doing coffee chats and you know um pick my brain sessions like they, people are just doing all these things and it's like yo you don't have time for this right you don't have time for this you don't have time to be in the dms coaching people that's not where your energy should be spent uh i even saw someone in their dms like giving someone a step-by-step -step strategy like listen if they're your friend that's one thing but if this person is not your friend then we need to be moving them into our pre-qualification process to see if they're a good fit for one of our offers and i'm not saying don't help and don't support people but instead of giving someone a step-by-step -step strategy or step-by-step -step coaching point them to a free resource right point to every free point them to an instagram post put, put, point them to a podcast episode or say, hey, this is something I actually support you with inside of my coaching container or I serve people with this inside of my offer, my um, my service offer. Here's more details on it or would you like more details on it or would you like to hop on a call so we can talk about this, right? And then send them a link to book a sales call, right? We need to be pre-qualifying people to this stage and being really intentional about setting boundaries around what we will and will not do in the dms so uh, i kind of got off on a tangent let me dial this back before we get on a call with someone or before we get in the dms with people right and we're having conversations we need to make sure that they're actually a good fit for our service or for our offer and if they are not you have to bless and release right this is something that i do all the time i will bless and release someone so quick if i realize as i'm asking them those pre-qualifying questions that they're not a good fit and us like pre-qualifying questions don't have to be anything dramatic but it does need to be something that shows them that this is now an investment right we're going from free content oh i love you k oh blah blah to this is how much things cost this is what i can support you with what exactly do you need support with right so like for me a pre-qualifying question is you know um i think one of the questions is something to the extent of you know what what kind of support do you need in this season of your business or what is the main or the big problem that you're having currently in your business um, another question i like to ask is what do you want your business to look like in the next three to six months right um, these questions help me really understand and see what sort of problems they're having and if it's something that i can actually support people with because sometimes people do put questions in there that i can't support you with or that i don't want to support you with right and for those reasons, it's important that we are pre-qualifying people so that we can make good decisions on who we're supporting across the board, right? So like I said, you want to make sure that the people that you're talking to, whether it's on a sales call or in the DMs, are actually a good fit for your offer. If not, you need to bless and release them. And the truth is that a lot of times we just need to get better at letting conversations be like short and to the point instead of trying to bend over backwards and follow up a million times and check in to see if they're interested in working with you. While you know I love and I am an advocate of the follow-up, sometimes you just have to let it go and let people circle back in when they are ready so for me my follow-up process looks like i'll follow up with you when i said i would i'll follow up in two weeks and then after that i'm waiting like two months you know maybe even three or four months before i actually circle back in for more conversation and it's literally because i don't want to just keep going over and over and over again basically begging someone to work with me when there are other people in my community that are ready right now right that's where 
my effort and my time is best served, right? Is serving those people that are ready and willing to get the support and the transformation that they want right now. So pre-qualifying, it just looks like asking the right questions, right? Asking the right questions, understanding what their needs and their goals are. That's it. Like I said, those two questions, those three questions that I ask, they really do surround like, okay, I want to understand what you need right now to make sure it's something that I can actually support you with. And then I want to know what your goals are to make sure that we are in alignment and that your goals, like there's something here that I can actually support you through. So all you're going to do when you are pre-qualifying people is just ask them or have people answer questions on your booking form. Um, and also when you have a booking form, you just want to make sure it's clear that there's an investment attached that way that they are, sorry, that way they are already prepared upfront that this costs and you're prepared upfront with what exactly they need. Right? Because honestly, the worst thing that could happen is someone, you know, invest in your services or someone invest in your coaching and you realize that you can't actually support them with what they need support with. And, you know, it's okay to be honest and say like, this is something, this is not your expertise, right? Sometimes people come to me for, you know, certain things and I'm like, mm, this is not exactly like when people come to me for branding, like, yes, I can help you with your branding strategy, right? The messaging, all those things. But your girl cannot help you with anything aesthetic except for some pictures, right? Like I can take photos for you. I can help you come up with that part of it. But like when it comes to colors and logo and the psychology of all that, like, girl, I am not the person for it. But I have people that reach out to me about those things because they know that I'm a photographer. They know that I support in those areas. So sometimes they think that I can also help them on the other side, but that's not my wheelhouse. I still have people that reach out to me about website design. I haven't, I haven't designed websites since like 2018, 2019 when I used to design websites, but sometimes people will still reach out from old sites that I've done and reach out to me about those kinds of things. I don't offer that anymore. And by having a pre-qualification process, I'm able to go in and form these people like, hey, this, this was a service that I used to offer, but I don't offer it anymore, right? And it keeps me from having to waste time on a call where I can't actually support them, right? And I'm, I'm honest about that. So pre-qualifying the lead, it, it not only saves you time, but it just makes sure that you're working with the right clients because we all know that all money is not good money. And so while some people can pay, they may not be a good fit if they don't answer certain questions that you have based on the, the client profile that you would like to serve. And this can get really deep, but what I'm going to say here is a lot of times I'm able to see just by the way that people answer those questions, whether or not they're a good fit. And, you know, because sometimes I get people that will only give like one or two word answers, right? That person is not a good fit for me because one thing that Kay is not going to do is try to pull information from you. I'm going to challenge you. I'm going to, you know, coach you and work through things with you, but I can't help you if you're just going to one and two word me, right? That's, that's not an aligned fit for me. I don't, you know, I know that, con uh, what is it? concise and precise are good in certain settings and certain contexts but on a pre-qualifying form when I'm trying to get to know you that is not the best place for you to be super super concise so when I see that that's a not a red flag for me but it is something that lets me know okay they might not be the best fit client but I am open to a conversation right I'll have a conversation just to see what's going on here because I do recognize that like us moms are busy we don't have time to write paragraph long you know explanations but you know I'm expecting at least a sentence or two right so so these sorts of things, when you have pre-qualifying questions or a pre-qualifying questionnaire or whatever, this really helps you set the tone of 
what this person needs and if you're able to support them in that area. So now that we've kind of talked about that, because I really do believe that this pre-qualification process, it makes it to where you don't have to worry about overcoming objections and closing the deal becomes easier because now you know pretty much everything you need to know to support them and to navigate a sales conversation. So I want to talk about handling objections because sometimes you will still have people that after you have, you know, qualified the lead, after you have gotten on a call, you're talking to them, at the end they still have questions, right? They still have some objections. And I do recognize that this is a huge challenge when it comes to selling because a lot of times when someone has an objection, we freeze up. Even I have talked about the fact, and I've talked very openly about the fact that I don't really overcome objections. And the reason I do this is because I truly don't get a ton of them, right? If I, I mean, you know, I do get some, right? I, I get objections here and there, but I don't get so many objections that I need a whole strategy on how to overcome objections. Um, and it's because of the pre-qualification process, right? Because I've pre-qualified people already, I don't have to run into as many objections because they know the price up front, right? This is why I'm really big on transparent pricing because when people don't know the price, when you tell them the price on the call, that's when the objection is going to come up because now they're in this like fight or flight, you know, response, like their nervous system is like super triggered because they just heard a price that was, you know, maybe three times or four times what they imagined the price was because you never gave them anything to, to work with or start with. So objections often arise because, well, there's a lot of reasons, right? There's a lot of reasons, but some of them, like some of the reasons like that people have objections are money, right? Their budget, right? Um, sometimes they're uncertain. Sometimes they lack clarity. They don't understand the offer. They don't understand what this is going to do for them. Or maybe they're just having some personal roadblocks. Like they're having some personal, you know, um, feelings or experiences that is stopping them from actually making an investment. And lastly, which I find to be one of the biggest reasons why people um, have an objection is because they don't trust you, right? They don't trust you in that moment. And so because of that, they have all these questions and doubts and fears that pop up when it's time to make a decision. So the key to handling all this is to understand what their concerns are and then offer a solution that's going to meet their needs. Hey boo, real quick. I want to share with you an amazing free three-day challenge I've created called the High Ticket Sales System Challenge. This challenge is going to take place on May 15th to May 17th. In this challenge, you're going to learn how to create a high ticket sales system so that you can attract and convert high quality leads, aka your MVPs. During these three days, we're going to cover a bunch of different topics, such as what is a high ticket lead and who is your MVP. You'll learn a proven framework to help you diagnose why you aren't getting leads, how to create a high ticket sales system that's going to allow you to have more freedom as a mama and a CEO, how to consistently attract high quality leads, and last but not least, the two things you need to focus on to position yourself for high ticket sales. Click on the show notes below to grab your spot inside the challenge and let's get this money. So I know that sounds super simple. So I'm going to give an example of this, right? And I'm going to give one of the more common examples, which is money, right? People oftentimes have like their first objection is like price, you know? Oh, you know, this is, you know, I, I can't afford this. This is not my budget. You know, I'm going to save for this, right? Like that's something that commonly comes up. And for me, one thing that I've noticed is that a lot of times when people mention their budget, 
it's it, the budget is not actually the issue, right? A lot of times it may simply be that they don't trust you yet. They don't trust the offer. They don't have clarity on the offer, right? They don't understand what the offer is. I would say like 25% of the time is money actually the issue, especially when they already know the price up front. If someone already knows the price up front and money is truly an issue, nine times out of 10, they're not even going to get on the call with you, right? They're not going to get on a call with you. They're not going to keep having conversations with you in the DMs because they know that money for them right now is the issue. Now, if they are in a position where they are ready to make a you know, they want the problem to be solved. What they then will do is they will ask if there's a payment option, right? We all know in this day and age that there is a, um, that you can do a payment plan, right? That, that you can ask for payment plans for things. And so because of that, people that when, when they say money is their problem, if that's truly the case, they will ask for a payment plan. But in this case, if someone comes to you, you can simply offer them a payment plan, right? So let's just say, like, let's 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 just say they're saying that money is an issue. You want to understand, like, deeper, what is this client's objection? And then you want to offer a solution to them, right? So the first thing that I like to do when I'm thinking about, you know, pricing, right? And I'm going to kind of talk you through a framework that I will use when I have to overcome any objection and we'll use the money one as, um, as our example. So before I share this, again, I want to make it very clear that if you pre-qualify your leads, you probably will not have to use this framework because people that get on the phone with you or people that get on a call with you or people that are in the DMs with you, they are going to be ready to buy. They're not going to have objections, okay? Pre-qualifying people makes it to where you don't have to deal with objections. So this episode is about two things. It's about overcoming objections or dealing with objections, but it's also about closing the deal. And you can close deals so much easier if you pre-qualify people. So I want to be really, really clear on this because, and I think I said this before, but I am saying this again because like pre-qualifying will just save your life. It'll save you from so many unnecessary conversations. It will make it so where people will just sign up to work with you and you won't even know they're signing up because they've already pre-qualified their own self, right? They're already very confident in what the offer is. They're very clear in what the offer is and all those things. So when they fill out the form or whatever, for them, they're just waiting for you to send them the link to pay, right? That is like, I'm not saying that's the only type of person we want to, um, you know, attract because I love sales calls. I love when someone pre-qualifies themselves and then wants to get on a call so we can have a conversation. I love that kind of thing. Um, but I also know that those type of people, they don't get on the call with objections. They're just simply looking to build that level of trust, right? To make sure that I'm a real person before they send me thousands of dollars, right? They want to know that, you know, I can actually support them with what they need help with, right? So they're talking through more logistics or not logistics, but they're talking through more of like what they're going to get from the experience, not, you know, oh, how, how can we make this cheaper? Or is there another option or whatever, right? Like that's not where they're coming to me with. So let me tell you about the framework, right? So let's say you're on a call and there are objections that come up. The framework that I'm going to take you through, um, and like I said, we're going to use price as an example, but the framework that I'm going to talk you through is four parts, okay? Part one is you're going to acknowledge what they are saying to you. So when the objection comes up, you want to acknowledge what they said. So in the example of price, we're going to, someone's going to say, you know, this, this price is, you know, a lot higher than I thought or whatever, whatever, or, you know, this is not quite my budget, whatever, whatever. So you're going to acknowledge what they said by saying, okay, thank you so much for your honesty and your transparency. I recognize that it's not always easy to, you know, talk about your budget or talk about money or talk about pricing or whatever, right? 
whatever you want to say I literally just made that up on the fly so um you know I, I don't I don't always know what I say sometimes I just I literally just I'm in the moment whatever they say to me I'm going to acknowledge it and kind of reflect back um to them what I'm hearing them say so after that the step two is you're going to ask a question to open up the conversation because a lot of times people say budget or their money is a problem or whatever or they say whatever the objection is and they feel like that's the end of the conversation and it's your job as a coach as a service provider as someone that is selling it's your job to ask a question to open back up the conversation because at this point they're done right they're thinking like okay this is my way out i'm done right but you you're not done you're not done and the reason why you're not done is because you still need to understand what's happening here right you can still bless and release right you can still walk away from this conversation not sign the client that's totally fine right but for your own understanding of what are some objections that are coming up and how you can better serve and support your community and make sure they understand what your offer is actually going to do you want to ask a question to open back up the conversation so at that point i say okay um, you know, thank you for your honesty, your transparency, you know, um, all these things. Can we actually explore this a little bit more? Like, I just want to ask a couple more questions. I understand, you know, that this that this is a situation that's going on for you, but I would love to kind of explore this a little bit more. Are you open to that? And they're going to say, yeah, you know, and if they say no, cool. Like, that's the end of the call, right? We don't have to waste any more time. We could just, you know, hang up now. But if they are open to exploring this more, then you say, okay, great. At that point, you can offer a solution, right? So at that point, you know, you can say something like, um, so the price that I shared with you was the pay in full price, but we actually have payment plans. Would you want to hear about that? Right? So what I always say when it comes to objections is that you need to have some solutions already planned because once you open the door to having more of a conversation about it, you need to present them with some sort of option or some sort of solution that you can then talk through. So if the person is like, yeah, I would love to hear more about your payment plan options. At that point, it opens up the conversation to explore any kind of, um, not convenient, but any kind of, you know, unique payment plans that you can come up with together. So it could be as simple as, you know, whatever your monthly payment plan is, or it could be like a 50% deposit and then they pay the rest, you know, on a monthly basis or however it is, right? But at that point, you want to offer them a uh, solution. And then after you've talked about that, the fourth step is to re-invite them to sign up, right? So at that point, you can say, perfect, we've talked about this. The first option was going to be you know, this price, but based off of what we just talked about, you know, we've come up with this payment plan. When would you like to get started with that? You know, would you like us to go ahead and get that started? I can send you over a proposal this evening, right? You want to re-invite them to sign up so that you can get that confirmed. Yes. Okay. So that's how the whole process goes. And this goes for any kind of objection. You want to acknowledge what they said. You want to ask a question to open up that conversation. You want to offer them a solution and then you want to re-invite them to sign up. So this conversation can honestly go so many ways, but the main goal that I want you to remember is that you need to stay connected, right? Stay connected and stay engaged with the person that you are speaking to. So when it comes to, you know, staying engaged, you want to just make sure you're not, you know, when people come up with objections, I know a lot of feelings come up where it's like, oh, you know, they're not interested, blah, blah. Like you start to say all these things to yourself. So I really want to encourage you to just try to stay as present as possible and don't check out just because you think that this is a lost cause, right? It may not be a lost cause. What you want to do is you want to actively listen to what they're saying and know that sometimes like money is just a default excuse, right? 
a lot of times people say it's the money it's the budget blah blah but really like it's just an excuse for what the real issue is which is why you know i i say one of the steps is to ask a question to open up the conversation right we want to get them to tell us what's the issue beyond just the price right and so sometimes i see that you know people will say price is the problem when really they just, they don't oh god if i could talk they just don't see the value right they don't see the value of the program and not in a sense of like they don't feel like you know you're any good or whatever they just don't quite get it and what i want to say is like now is not the time to convince them right when people give you an objection you don't want to like convince them to buy your offer but what you could do is you can ask them you know what would make this program a great fit for you or what would like an ideal result from this program be and their answer to this question is going to help you see the gap in your pitch right in your selling it's going to help you see the gap and so if whatever they say is something that you can genuinely help them with, then at that point, you can clarify your offer, you can clarify how it will support them, and then you can pitch them again, right? You can re-invite them to sign up. And, you know, in that case, like, let's say for the um, for the money thing, you can offer them a payment plan after that, right? But a lot of times, people are just not clear, right? And they need something to be explained, or they, you know, they haven't built enough trust with you. So they're, they're hesitant, right? So they'll say that money is the issue, because they don't want to tell you like they don't believe in the offer or they don't believe that this is what they need or they don't believe that you can help them. Or I've had this happen to me several times where someone will feel like I'm not solving the exact problem they have right? And so this is why you want to ask those clarifying questions. You want to ask questions to open up the conversation to see what could be the deeper issue beyond what they're saying, right? But beyond them just saying it's price or they have to talk to their husband or whatever. So overcoming objections really just gives you an opportunity and a chance to build trust and build rapport. I know that, you know, a lot of times we talk about giving value and building trust and stuff like that with our content but i truly believe that a sales call or a sales conversation in the dms is a great way to give value build trust and build rapport in a way that you're not wasting a bunch of time talking and engaging with people that aren't ready to buy right like when you're on a sales call you're talking to someone that is ready to buy when you're talking about you're offering the dms with someone this person is likely ready to buy and overcoming objections just give you more of a chance to build trust and rapport because you're, you're going to be honest, right? When you're building, when you're, um, you know, talking through an objection with someone, you're going to be honest, right? You're going to tell them if this is a good fit for them, if this is going to work for them. Um, you're you're going to connect with them on a deeper level when you're talking through and having a sales conversation. And I know that sometimes it sounds counterproductive to think like, oh, you know, if someone has an objection, like this is me building a connection with them, this is me building rapport. But I promise you it is because through the sales experience, they're going to see what it's like to work with you. They're going to see what kind of person you are. They're going to be able to see your values and your honesty and your transparency. It's going to be a completely different experience than when they've, you know, bought a car from a used car salesman, right? A, a used car salesman is very pushy, very overwhelming. But a conversation with you about your offers, it's not like that, right? A conversation with you is exactly that, a conversation and an opportunity for you to show them what you can do for them, how you can serve them, how you can support them, but also how you can sit, hold space for them. Additionally, when it comes to this, you know, sharing your personal experience um, or sharing like client stories, client experiences that align with their goal can also create a connection that builds trust. So for me, the biggest and the most important thing when it comes to selling and to closing the deal is trust 
and safety, right? And people build trust through these conversations, right? People build trust through you talking through overcoming objections. People build trust when they can see that you have a personal experience or you have clients that have experienced the same thing. So something that I do a lot when I am having sales calls or conversations with people is I will talk about either my own experience and I'm very clear and I say, this is what happened with me. I give them all the context or I will talk them through a client that has had a similar experience that I've supported them with that is in alignment with their goals. This is gonna be a great way to showcase that you know how to help someone that you've done it before and this is going to build that relationship this is going to show them that you actually care about their success because you're listening to them to figure out how exactly you can help them achieve their goals and that's going to be super powerful in closing the deal so the last couple of things that i want to mention when it comes to like closing the deal i feel like we talked a lot about objections but i really want to talk about closing the deal it's really important that you hold space for your sales conversations. Like when you're in a conversation, you wanna make sure that you're holding space for someone. You wanna create that safety. Remember I said, the two most important things for me are safety and trust in a sales conversation. And so as the person that is leading the call, you wanna make sure that you are creating a safe space. You are holding the space for them to know that they can say anything, right? Um, and obviously in a respectful way, right? I'm not telling you to let people disrespect you, but People should be able to tell you how they honestly feel or what they're honestly dealing with and know that this is a safe space where they won't be judged, where, you know, um, they don't have to worry about censoring what they have to say and stuff like that. So that's the first thing, right? The first thing is just holding that space, right? And I know it can be challenging because sometimes people say, I'm not gonna say wild stuff, but people say things that it's like, wow, like this is a lot that you're carrying or a lot that you're dealing with. And so what I also recommend is before you go into a sales call to just kind of like, get yourself into a um a healthy space and i recognize that sometimes you can have you can have an off day you can be having a bad day right and i'm not saying that you can only sell when you're having a good day but one thing i really try to do before i get on a sales call is just make sure that my energy is right because i don't want to get into a sales call and you know things get um tense because someone is telling me about their life experience and I'm, I'm finding myself getting overwhelmed, right? Um, and this happens, right? Especially if you're a life coach. If you're a life coach or if you like support people with like mental health things and stuff like that, you really need to be prepared and like just guarding your heart and your spirit before you get on calls because people can say anything, right? And that's the beauty of getting on a call and having these conversations is that you can really see what people are going through, what they're dealing with and how you can best serve and support them. So hold the space, right? Hold the space. And the way you do that is by holding yourself first, right? Taking care of yourself before you even get on the call. And then the second thing that I want to say is it's important that you take control and that you are steering the conversation as the leader, right? As, as the person that is doing the sales call, your job is to set the tone and to like steer where the conversation is going. So this might look like asking open-ended questions, addressing their objections, highlighting the benefits of your services, whatever it is, you want to make sure that you are leading the conversation, okay? The worst thing that can happen is that you get on a sales call with someone or you're having a DM conversation with someone and they take the conversation left or like they hyper-focus on something and you have you can't steer them back, right? Um, 
And obviously you can always steer people back, but you just want to make sure you're not allowing things to get so far off track that it becomes almost awkward for you to get them back on track, get them back on task to talking about how you can serve them and how you can work together. And honestly, this goes beyond just a sales call, right? When you're actually working with your clients, you want to make sure that they're not getting completely off task. And now you're spending two hours on a call when you only have allotted one hour for a call, right? So it's really important that you're just making sure that you are taking control of the direction of the call. So inside of Becoming CEO, I actually have a little framework that you can follow so that you can know how to actually navigate and host a sales call or have a sales conversation in the DMs so that you're not getting too far off on track um, and basically making the conversation longer than necessary. Because I know some people that spend like, you know, two hours on a sales call and I'm sorry, like, ain't no way. Like, I'm not spending two hours on a sales call. Um, you don't need to, right? Like, that's entirely too much time. And if you're spending two hours on one sales call, then that's all the work for the day. Like, if you're only working two hours a day, that's, then you can only do one sales call. So I really try to encourage my um, my CEOs to do 30-minute sales calls. Like, at max, 30 minutes. That's the time that you have. And by using our little, um, I'm not going to call it like a, a script because it's not a script, but by using our little framework, you're going to be able to, you know, effectively manage and navigate a sales call in 30 minutes and of course, sign the client. So that's inside Becoming CEO, which the doors are going to be opening up for that pretty soon. So stay tuned for that. But the last thing I want to say is that the more you listen and the better questions you ask, the more likely you're going to be to close the sale, right? And this is because when you're listening, when you're actively listening and asking really good questions, you're going to be able to hear what their needs are, you're going to be able to reflect, and then you're going to be able to position your offer or your service as the solution, right? This is going to, like, you're just going to be able to do so much when you just listen. And I, I I know that it's so easy to, like, get on a call and want to just tell them all about your offer and all the things, but I really want to encourage you to take a step back and listen. Make sure you're pre-qualifying people up front. This way, when you get on that call, it's not going to be a matter of you overcoming objections, but instead a matter of you asking really good questions so that you can reflect to them what it is that they need and then position your offer in a way that actually supports them, right? It gives them what they're looking for, what they desire, and what they want. So that is pretty much it. Um, the last thing that I just want to say is, you know, I love following up. So um, when we're talking about closing the deal, you're, I mean, you're going to close the deal, but like you're still going to get off the phone, right? When you're going to get off the call, you're going to stop DMing them. You still want to follow up, right? To Because this is going to be like that final step to make sure that they actually sign the dotted line. They actually pay the invoice. So sometimes like people are going to need more time to think or they might need more information. And this is the power of you following up because when you follow up, you can give them that. You can give them more information or you can just make sure they have the correct link to actually, you know, sign the contract or book or whatever. Following up with a lead is just showing them that you actually care about their business and you're invested in their success. That's all it means. I know that sometimes we can feel like, oh, I don't want to, you know, bother them or whatever. But like, that's not how most people feel. Like most people feel like, oh, wow, thanks for the reminder. Like for me, I know when someone follows up with me, I'm like, thank you for the reminder because girl, I forgot. <laughs> I'll be honest. I pure forgot. So, um, so it really does, you know, help. And it also gives you that final opportunity to address any concerns or any questions that they might be having, which is going to ultimately increase your chance of actually closing them, right? Because sometimes someone has an additional question that they forgot to ask and then like they just fall off the face of the earth. And it's not that they don't like you or anything. It's just that you never followed up with them. You never gave them the next steps. So they didn't know what to do, right? So that's the last thing I want to say. So I know this was a lot that we covered. You know, I really hope this could serve you because I really wanted to talk about different phases of just like closing the deal and objections and all those things. Um, 
inside of becoming ceo i'm actually making a lot of updates and changes to include more sales psychology because in the last couple of episodes i've been talking more about sales psychology and like different frameworks to help your clients you know um and i really just want to I really want to just create something that helps people close the deal better because I find that a lot of times we're like, oh, I need more leads. But it's like, yeah, you you're getting in front of more people, but you're still not closing the sale, right? You're still not signing the client. And that's because your sales process, like there's something wrong with your sales process. And a lot of times it's not that you need more leads. I always say, if you have people following you, you don't need more leads, right? Because people are following you for a reason, right? Unless it's like, all your people from high school or something like that people are following you for a reason the problem is that you're not selling and you're not closing the deal and that's what i really want to encourage and support people with so inside becoming ceo we're making a lot of updates and changes that are going to be really fun and really exciting just for you to learn more about sales psychology and really get better at closing the leads that you do have um we have the three-day challenge coming up this challenge is also going to be really supportive and helping you really learn how to attract those leads, but also, you know, things that you can do to improve your chances of converting these leads. So that's going to be happening in the challenge. But hop on the waitlist for becoming CEO because it's really going to be a vibe. Like the doors are opening in like a week, I think. Um, and uh, with this, I just want to kind of talk through what becoming CEO is. And I feel like I've talked about this in the last few episodes, but I want to just touch on it again because honestly, girl, like, you don't want to miss this like you do not want to miss this round of becoming ceo this is my marketing and sales program for mamas who want to sell high ticket offers in less than 20 hours a week with a sustainable high ticket sales system i've talked about this before but high ticket sales can literally be a one thousand dollar offer right like it doesn't have to be hundreds of thousands of dollars to be high ticket or or even multiple thousands right it could just be one thousand dollars but if you're trying to consistently sell a one thousand dollar offer or even a five hundred dollar offer right like whatever that is if it's high ticket we're going to figure out a way like if it's more than a hundred dollars it's high ticket <laughs> i'm just playing there there are like measures for it but you know i recognize that some of you are just trying to grow to that point of selling a higher ticket offer or a more premium offer and so that's what we're going to do inside becoming ceo so hop on the wait list the show notes are below because inside of becoming ceo i really help you consistently sign and serve high ticket clients in less than 20 hours a week i help you build out your high ticket sales system by optimizing your marketing and sales strategy and we really cover things like lead generation your visibility your sales psychology um how like your sales strategy right launching your email all the things we cover it in a way that best supports you because like i always say moms do business different right and i want to help you mix and match and create a curriculum but also build your own unique strategy that is supporting the lifestyle that you have so because i just care about you so much for the fast action bonus for this round i'm doing a one-on-one -on -one ceo call so basically during this call it's a 60 to 75 minute call which y'all be honest i just got off one and it was definitely like closer to two hours because mama cannot talk i mean sorry mama cannot stop talking <laughs> and so because of that we were on the call for so much longer but when i tell you that like she has walked away from this call with her life changed and her business changed. She walked away with so much clarity. I'm sitting here looking at this page of notes that I wrote and I'm like, whoa, like we really dove deep into a lot of different things with clarifying her messaging, looking through her offers, coming up with a strategy for her to be more intentional about how she's selling and even just the framework for 
how she's going to be getting more visible and generating more leads like we talked about all those things and so in this one-on-one -on -one ceo call um, it's really designed to help you have a very clear course of action and a clear roadmap so that you know exactly where to focus next in order to hit your high ticket sales goals in order to actually sell out your offer we talk about and we create a roadmap that's going to allow you to do that so that's what's going to happen as the bonus and you will be hearing about it first here on the podcast but especially if you're on the email list you'll be able to hear about it there as well so make sure you're on the wait list and that is it for this episode so until next time i will talk to you later darling thanks so much for tuning in don't forget to follow me on the gram at mrs k hillman and let me know you're picking up what i'm putting down Take a screenshot of you listening to this podcast and share it in your stories and leave a young thug a review so I know it's real. May you walk in your purpose and call in each and every day to become the CEO and woman you were designed to be. Until next time, let's get this money.